0: Thank you for tuning in to the Private Suite interview series. I'm Indie Advent. Today I'm joined by future funk artist Melanade, also uh, known by his real name, Ewan, if I'm pronouncing Uh, that. Ewan. Ewan. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Close.
0: (laughs) Close. Better Better than some, apparently.
1: Better than most, yeah. Sweet.
0: (laughs) Welcome to the show.
1: Thanks. Thanks for having me.
0: How's your day going so far? It's kind of early still for me uh, but you're in Scotland. I don't even know what time it is there.
1: Yeah it's like quarter past four. Um, Good day so far. I'm actually just um, working on coding my own game for my portfolio. I'm finishing uni soon. Uh, Yeah it's been a good day so far. Oh that's that's awesome.
0: I love uh, game development. I have a friend who had a game put on steam a few months ago oh that's cool yeah it was nice to watch him kind of through the process and see his journey if you like uh, sort of indie capture the flag 4v4 6v6 or whatever uh games definitely check his game out it's called sticky bots it's great for LAN parties it has a couple really cool mechanics too with some different characters you can be and yeah you just have to go around the map and there's some different modes and kill each other capture stuff. It's pretty fun. Uh, sticky bots check it out. Uh, so you you want to be a game developer then as a as a career uh,
1: ho- hopefully I mean my degree is uh, applied computing um, so kind of mostly programming and building stuff. Um, mm. I did actually do a soundtrack for a game that's on Steam uh, a wee while ago. Oh which uh, yeah, game which is fun but uh, it's called puzzle nebula it's just a little kind of three d quite basic puzzle game. I did the sound effects and the music for that, so that was quite fun nice uh, but yeah game development is the goal if if music doesn't go anywhere <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. very cool, very cool. Yeah, I play a lot of games um i i'm I'm very much a indie game kind of guy like pick up and play anyone can play it you don't have to necessarily like remember all the crazy controls and how to interact with the game and all that when you yeah for sure put it down for a little while and go back to it and yeah um, yeah, just there's so many incredible indie games that need more attention Mm -hmm. what are your favorite games
1: Ooh, um numerous i guess um one of the ones i've played which has a big effect on me is uh, celeste uh which is kind of indie game platformer uh, super fun, good kind of uh, core story. Um, and the soundtrack was, I actually have the soundtrack on vinyl. It's probably my favorite um, video game soundtrack. So yeah, I just I just love the the game and the, the music and everything in, in there as well.
0: Mm-hmm. The art, the production, everything about it was just such a high quality. It's yeah. really nice to see that coming from an indie game. Yeah. I actually haven't played it yet, but I do have the soundtrack as well.
1: Oh, you should definitely play it. It's super good.
0: Yeah, so many games I just finished um The Swapper? I've not heard of that. Oh, it's so good. Definitely check it out. It's kind of like a puzzle game with an incredible story. Um, just quickly, it's it's about you're an astronaut and it's kind of you're in a world where the rest of the it's it's futuristic and the rest mm-hmm. of the humans have kind of like disappeared and you have to uncover the story while um getting through the world because it's kind of a dystopian environment yeah it's pretty cool
1: that's good i'll I'll check it out if i have if i have time
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's the thing so many games so little time we got music to make exactly yeah yeah great well yeah thanks for that little introduction no worries um what are you what are your uh, other interests like main hobbies that you do with your life
1: um well it's mostly video games and music as i said um i'm just finishing uni so a lot of my time has been dedicated to the degree and um keeping the music going through uh uni cuz it's quite a, i don't want to say it's loads of work but uh doing both at the same time is uh, it, it is a substantial workload um yeah i did used to like um gardening a lot i don't i live in the city now with uni so i don't obviously have a garden but once I move away, hopefully that will come back sort of thing. Um, I don't know. Other things, I've made some furniture, do some woodworking. Um, cool. Yeah, that's pretty much it. <laughs> I need to
0: get into woodworking I because like, I buy a lot of cassettes. I need to start making my own racks because I can't afford yeah. to keep buying the racks. They're so expensive.
1: Yeah, the, the tools can be expensive, but um, once you start, it's super satisfying to like, make. Because the, the main thing I have is... Uh, table which my turntable sits on at the moment i made that a couple of years ago
0: that's great yeah maybe one day i'll get into it my mom tried yeah. to get into it recently and she got some sawdust in her eye
1: mm-hmm.
0: not too long after she had uh, laser eye surgery
1: uh, and yeah matter. wear goggles please guys PSA. <laughs> <laughs> She
0: she did actually but because she worked in a small garage i guess there were still like little fibers in the air
1: yeah, you be careful with that.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. It uh, it really hindered her recovery of, from that surgery. Yeah, 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 crazy. And you mentioned um, gardening. I love gardening. You can do a little bit of it inside, actually. If you yeah, really I mostly to. have
1: succulents. Uh, nice inside just now. Uh, the kind of in, classic indoor plant. Mm-hmm. Um, I did actually have a bonsai tree, which I had for many years. It died unfortunately because. Uh, I didn't have to place i didn't have a place to put it here mm. i had to leave it with my parents and it was sitting outside i think it froze yeah. so i don't know Aww. i'll probably get more once i have more time and more space
0: yeah hopefully they they add a positive a lot of positivity to my life just looking around my apartment it feels more alive sort of i don't know
1: yeah definitely i always find it kind of weird when you go to someone's house and they don't have any plants it's a bit weird yeah that's just me <laughs> <laughs>
0: it must be weird for people who don't to come here and they're like you got a jungle going on man what's up
1: yeah i mean i grew up in the countryside so kind of i need plants. yeah sort of thing for sure
0: that's life being trapped in the city it's hard to think like some of us just need nature in our lives you know
1: mm-hmm. i do live next to quite a big um park though, where i am so nice it's all good
0: you can just go hang out there and read and whatever yeah definitely nice okay well let's get into it Uh, you're a big fan of future funk and French touch yeah and and maybe vaporwave in general I'm not quite sure maybe you can tell us a bit about that and how you discovered the genres and what you love about them
1: mm -hmm. yeah well um, I kind of into vaporwave I should listen to more vaporwave I do like the stuff I've heard Um, I really need to listen to more of it but um, yeah, I came at it from kind of a French house direction. So I guess the full story going all the way back. Um, I kind of never really listened to music much as a kid. Okay, I remember seeing, um, we went to the movies when I was, oh, I don't know what age I was, I was pretty young. But um, we went to the cinema to see Tron Legacy, which of course was scored by Daft Punk. So I, I didn't really listen to much music. I'd never really heard much electronic music before but i remember being in the cinema and there's this one scene where um it's at the top of this tower and there's a fight scene just before the fight scene starts Derez comes on and at the start you have the um the whole and um that was the first kind of time i heard some electronic music that really kind of amazed me so you know after that i went home googled uh listened to daft punk's whole discography that kind of thing and it just went from there. So kind of Daft Punk, French House, French Touch into like, I don't know, more classic house, Frankie Knuckles, you know, Chicago House, that kind of thing. Um, and the the Future Funk Vaporwave stuff kind of came later. Kind of, oh when was it? 20, 2013, 2014. So that was, um, I was just on YouTube. And then, of course, I saw artsy music because I, I think I had um, started to get interested in anime a little bit. So I saw those, you know, kind of interested and then I heard Future Funk for the first time, I heard Vaporwave for the first time and then I loved it and I kind of continued with that.
0: Nice. I didn't realize Artsy Music was around back then.
1: Uh, yeah, I think as I said it happened um, later but he started the channel in, twenty. I want to say 2012, don't quote me on that but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, and then I discovered it a couple of years after that.
0: Wicked, no, that's, that's quite early. Mm-hmm. And so what It's interesting to hear someone discovering Daft Punk from Tron Legacy.
1: Yeah, I guess most people would say, kind of, oh, you, I don't know. Within the fan base, a lot of people don't like Tron because it's kind of like, oh, all the normal people discovering Daft Punk through this kind of (laughs) not very good Hollywood movie. Sure. But yeah, I don't know. I love the soundtrack of it. I have the soundtrack for Tron on vinyl as well. So, Mm
0: -hmm. no, there's pieces of that film that are really well executed and and um, Mm -hmm. it's very interesting but yeah there's a lot of like the cg of the the antagonist's face or whatever i forget what they did but i remember they botched
1: it well (laughs) what was it it? um jeff bridges played um the old guy i can't even remember his name the old guy um (laughs) sam's father yeah and uh yeah the antagonist was kind of like him but it was meant to be a younger version of him so the cg on his face was kind of a (laughs) young but it didn't really work so yeah yeah uh, i could picture it (laughs) that's awesome
0: cool so french touch um and your you started making music quite some time ago as well maybe i don't know 2013 or so
1: is that right it was late High school, so 2013, 2014, that was mostly just kind of learning the software uh, sort of thing started on the mm-hmm. FL Studio. It was only until okay. 2015 I started to make stuff that was actually listenable and uh, was kind of produced okay and it had a kind of okay structure to it, you know.
0: Yeah. And when when did you decide you wanted to make an actual project and you were confident enough in your skills?
1: Um. So in 2015 um i was contacted on i think it was reddit by um mayor who um i don't know if you know he was on business casual released Solonin and uh yeah, good and like good
0: friend of mine yeah i might be the only person in the world that has a signed copy of his solomon in the first press
1: oh do you have a signed one that's nice yeah
0: yeah know. well he came up he was here for the essential show back in March. Mm-hmm. So we hung out for a while. He actually slept over at my apartment.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I really want to meet you know. him. We've been friends for a long time. But I have the deluxe version of Solomon. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's a great, great dude. But yeah, he messaged me on Reddit. Um, I think he was quite young at the time as well. So he was just, you know, yeah, we're starting a little French house label or whatever. Um, Cerise Records. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, but yeah, we just kind of got a bunch of friends together on the internet and just started making some some french house stuff um i put out my first tp which was garbage uh please don't listen to it <laughs> um and that was on cerise and then i did later that year i did um, my first attempt at an album full album with uh one of the found the other founder of Ceres, which was a uh, functimizer who i'm still good buddies with as well uh, and that was yeah, that was my first kind of attempt at an album. Interesting.
0: Yeah, I notice you have you have a lot of work posted on your Bandcamp, but um, really nothing that has a physical tape or anything like that, um, like your self titled, for example.
1: Yeah, that's that, my Bandcamp is kind of used for uh, mostly older stuff. Now, um, yeah, I like to make sure that if I'm doing a physical release, it needs to be. Um, not always something that's quality, but something that I'm kind of proud enough of to to put it out on physical medium.
0: Sure. I guess that, that could lead me into another question. You have two releases that I love. Actually, I discovered you through one of them, Dream Plaza. Mm-hmm. Um, why don't those have tapes? You don't... You're not a... Oh, and the K-Hits, K-Hits 97 yeah. well, FM. Um,
1: Dream Plaza does have tapes. Um, you must have missed. Them. Oh, um, we did a we did a hundred cassette run on uh, Coruspect Records. Uh, unfortunately, they are sold out. So, <laughs> let me check here. I swear I
0: owned everything from the from uh, Okay, I do have it. Oh, you do? Never have mind. it?
1: There's there's no tapes. Oh wait, I own it. Okay, nice one. Yeah, <laughs> that's
0: an indication of how chaotic my tape life is right now.
1: Yeah. So um yeah, Dream Plaza got tapes. Those sold out. That was good um k hits was kind of um it was it was digital release on Coruspex. i felt it was too short for a tape i think the total runtime is only like 10 15 minutes not even
0: yeah okay
1: and also it didn't get as good a response um the 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 people who listened to it said yeah it's really good but um you know it didn't get a lot of plays on soundcloud didn't get a lot of exposure and response so even though i was proud of it it wasn't kind of as successful as my other stuff.
0: Mm. Well, one thing that happens a lot in Vaporwave, I find, is people want to rediscover the classics or things they missed. Mm -hmm. And this certainly fits in with a a kind of mall soft vibe. So I think there will be some new life breathed into that release. K hits 97 FM Yeah, at some point in the future, maybe Um, a year or two.
1: We might be doing more tapes of Dream Plaza. Um, I was also in conversation with another label about um, vinyl or mini discs. So that's again, it's it, nothing confirmed as of yet, but it's a possibility if if there's more physical demand for Dream Plaza.
0: Mini discs would be sweet. Mm-hmm. I'm. Uh, it's probably my favorite medium to listen on.
1: Yeah, I've, they're a bit before my time. I never really kind of knew of them until vaporwave. Uh, but I know Alan at Correspect is a A big fan of mini discs as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Oh, great. Yeah, we have an interview coming out with him soon, actually. Oh, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll be recording it tomorrow. Uh, I'm not sure. Cool. Uh, What's your favorite medium to listen to Vaporwave on? Um, Or Future Funk, I guess.
1: Yeah, Future Funk. Well, um, I usually kind of just listen to stuff on SoundCloud because obviously a lot of kind of the, I don't want to say amateur scene, but Future Funk, there's um, not that much... Fi- um, kind of stuff out on physical mediums. I own a couple of tapes. Um, of future funk, my future funk vinyl collection is zero right now. I do have a a small vinyl collection going, but I don't own any. Yeah, future funk as of yet. Um, and I need to I need to get on that. But yeah, I usually just listen on SoundCloud.
0: Not even your own record.
1: Um, that's still being pressed, so I think I shall have it next week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have uh, my tapes as well but um, I'm still waiting on my vinyl so yeah
0: there you go how did you hook up with um, AE2 who
1: put out the record yeah so um, originally the melonades self-titled was out on Business Casual as you know um, yeah with the tape yeah we did some tapes those sold out really fast um, and then I think it was Juan who is the owner of AE2 he emailed me um, after hearing it on business casual, he was, you know, uh, he really liked the release and was super excited um, to release it on vinyl. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, I was as well, so I agreed. And yeah, it kind of went from there. Nice. Yeah,
0: he's a great guy. It's interesting to see that project kind of came out of nowhere and took everybody by storm quickly. Not by storm, but yeah, you know, everybody was aware of it overnight almost.
1: Yeah, I was kind of really um impressed with the response the the cassette sold out in a couple of days uh which i didn't expect um but yeah there was a the first hundred sold out and then i think it was a couple of weeks ago we did another hundred of the deluxe and those sold out again so um yeah Mm. i was super impressed with the response from people
0: if you were to try and explain why that is what would you say
1: um well it was on business casual um originally obviously business casual is quite a big label um but i think people just got behind the facts that um i mean i don't know this is speaking from my point of view as the person who made it so obviously the listeners yeah might have yeah a for sure. point of view. Um but i think i managed to get the album in a place where it was just the most upbeat kind of danceable tracks i could possibly make um, yeah the release overall is quite short compared to like a full album it's only just over half an hour so, even though it's quite short, there's so much kind of energy, and I managed to make it so upbeat that people just loved that and that was from the feedback I got people really loved how you know every track is upbeat, it's danceable, it's fun, that kind of thing,
0: yeah, I play that record on repeat sometimes like i'll flip I'll keep flipping the tape, yeah, it's so good, and I love the the artwork mhm it's really I think that's part of it too, like the package was really nice. The, it has a style about it the art with the watermelon uh, we don't it's like illustrated in a way that isn't done too much in vaporwave or future funk so
1: i think yeah, it the, stood out that way i was going to give a shout out to um moka yume who did the um, the artwork for the cover and also he he's done the artwork for the the back cover on the vinyl as well um, and what was his name uh moka yume he's on Twitter and a couple of other places. Here yeah. he's around in Discord servers as well. But um yeah, his style cool. is quite um almost cartoonish. So as opposed to the the usual vaporwave aesthetic, which is taken from kind of, you know, real life photographs of I don't know, malls or whatever, or city skylines of Tokyo. Um Yeah, or, or collages. Yeah. Um or the other side, which is if it is cartoonish, it's gonna be anime. This kind of fell in between where it was—it was a cartoon aesthetic, but it wasn't anime. It was kind of poppy and bright and colorful, and it went with the sound of the album.
0: Mm-hmm. It's it's realistic too. It's not like it's cartoony, but it's still in that world of realism.
1: Yeah, the, the only thing I would I would disagree with the realism is that the watermelon is a perfect sphere, which you don't often find. But uh...
0: yeah, <laughs> the perfect watermelon. Yeah. So there's an exciting concert coming up that you're going to be playing at, I heard. Yep. Um, Groove Horizons. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a bit about that? It's in the
1: UK. Yeah, so it's in um, London this July, uh, 20th July. Tickets are now available. So if you're in the UK, please, for the love of God, come. Because don't, we don't know if anyone's going to turn up. So, um, yeah, it's in London. It's a, a small club called VFD. Um and we've got myself strawberry station Ev.exe, uh conscious thoughts android apartment tanuki mr wax jelly bonbon bon, and yeah kind of the top uk future funk artists in the scene
0: i wish i could go
1: so bad yeah i know, i know um a lot of people have expressed at least from the us that they want to go but um you guys have electronicon so <laughs> you, you guys can have that. Um, yeah we do and that's for the eu people over here but yeah um me and Strawberry Station kind of were the main, um, we had a lot of help shout out to, um, Alexander Hall, who is a event organizer in London. He's put in some amazing work helping us, uh, organize it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, basically we wanted to do a show. We're tired of people in Europe kind of saying, oh, we want shows and not getting yeah. any. Um, so we're organizing ourselves. However, on that note, we, again, we don't know if anyone's going to turn up. So really, um, if you are in the UK, um, please kind of let us know that you're coming, because <laughs> we'd love to see people there. Um, yeah, we're kind of going out on a limb, but I don't know. We wanted to take the risk and, and take a crack at it anyway, you know?
0: Yeah, it'll be fun either way, but uh, yeah, it would be nice to actually have an audience to perform for.
1: Yeah, of course. We have sold um, a few tickets already, but yeah, it's still early days. It's in July, so, you know, no, another two months
0: yeah. or so. Yeah, I guess Essential didn't start picking up, you know, steam or whatever, um, until about a month mm-hmm. before the event. So,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Well, we'll try and spread the word as much as we can.
1: Yeah, of course. Um, that's awesome that you guys are doing. For, a- for anyone listening, we're on uh, one. We're on Twitter at Groove Horizons, and if you follow kind of any of the artists that are involved, you can uh, keep up to date on tickets and everything one other thing i wanted to mention is um we're actually partnering with my pet flamingo who's the the cardiff based uh vaporwave label in wales we're going to be doing an exclusive tape uh with exclusive songs from uh all of the artists there um so that's going to be sold at the show there's also going to be posters and vinyl like exclusives and of course we're going to be there to sign stuff as well so if you want a signed copy of Baby Baby by Tanuki, you're gonna have to come. <laughs> <laughs> well,
0: that's awesome. Well, good luck to you guys. I, I, like I said, I wish I could be there. Yeah, of course. I'll be with you in spirit.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, it is. We are um, kind of. We're, we've got someone to video the event. We're looking at getting a live stream for people as well. Oh, perfect. Um, but at, at the very least, there will be a, kind of a professional video of it put up the day after. Nice.
0: Awesome. Um, So tell us a bit about your style of music. I feel like you've kind of changed it a bit over the years and it's morphed and transformed a few times. Um, So tell us a bit about that. Like when you first started producing music, you were talking about the first record that you were proud of. Up until now, um, Mm -hmm. you know, what are some things you've had to face over those years?
1: Yeah. um, I mean, a lot of it came from... At the start, obviously, you have to learn the software and learn kind of the basic techniques. I didn't do any music prior. You know, I didn't do music in high school or whatever. I didn't play any instruments. So I was starting from kind of the ground level. So yeah, most of it at the start was just learning basic techniques. When I got into Ceres Records, or well, slightly before then, I guess, I kind of listened to Daft Punk and Dead Mouse and stuff like that. So the goal was electronic music, which worked out okay. I felt my stuff was um, you know, kind of generic, you know, four on the floor with some some synths and some pads and whatever. So I, I wanted to make something a bit more fun. So got into Ceres records and stuff, and I was a big fan of French House. So wanted to make um basically I just sat down and said I want to make French House. So it was the goal of kind of sample searching, getting the little four bar um, eight bar disco loop thing. Uh, and just making some fun tracks. Um, at the start, I didn't know much about um mixing or kind of general production techniques. So, uh, the earlier stuff wasn't as wasn't mixed as well. It wasn't um, very high quality polished. production. yeah, it wasn't very polished. that's the kind of word I'm searching for. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, and then after that, I just kind of um, so for me, it's all about the feedback loop, so you put something out get feedback from people and you use that feedback to make the next thing. So so I always kind of am wanting to improve. And I guess the style has come from, you know, just the years of getting feedback, making something better, saying, okay, I did good. And then after that, okay, what did I do badly? What can I what can I do there?
0: True. Is there anyone that's kind of helped you along the way that you would uh, that you can think of? Like I know future funk in that scene, people help each other all the time it's a really yeah i
1: mean there's um, there's nice... so many people I feel like um at least for the vinyl or the kind of limited success i've had, I kind of float on this glove of people who support me so you know, mayor, as I said, giving me my start in the whole kind of labeled scene, he gives me a, he gave me a lot of feedback on tracks, uh, people like pop up binary stars um my friend James, who I'm in the same city with now in Scotland um he's cujo on the album. he also goes by Saint vertigo sometimes mm. um you know all these people just giving constant feedback and um it's also higher quality feedback, so because they're also producers their feedback is a bit more higher quality. You know, if someone is on rateyourmusic.com and they just say, oh, this sucks, lol, you know, that's not going to help you much. But, um, (laughs) you know, if you have someone saying, okay, this hi-hat's a bit too, you know, it's peaking a bit too much in the high end, you know, you turn that down, um, you know, the bass should be a bit higher, whatever. Um, So, yeah, just all the producers in the scene who I've known who've given me feedback, you know, thank you so much. All the people who've shared my music, big shout out to Future Funk Monthly, who is you know, um, doesn't make music in the scene, but is a huge personality for sharing and curating and stuff like that. He's done, um, a lot for me in terms of not only feedback, but adding my music to the the monthly mixes and sharing my stuff. And, and yeah,
0: mm-hmm. that's great. Um, you've mentioned Cujo and his other alias St. Vertigo yeah. pop up. You've actually collaborated with these people as well and ma- quite a few others, Flash, Binary Stars, Adrian Wave, yeah. Marina, Alex, Horizon, mansay, like the list goes on.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, um, for, sorry, did you have a question there or? <laughs>
0: not really, more just like interested in the stories behind connecting with those people and working on music with them.
1: Uh, okay. Yeah. So... Um, a lot of them came from, obviously, friendships um, made in the scene. I feel like this th- this scene thrives on not only Reddit, but Discord is kind of the main ecosystem of the scene. Um, so I met a lot of them through Discord and other stuff. Uh, Cujo or James, as I said, he lives close to me, um, IRL, so that's great to collab with him. I feel collabing over the course has allowed me to improve more. Working with other people is super fun, allows you to kind of mesh styles. And a lot of it comes from, not only myself, but when other people have tracks that they've done a lot of work on but can't quite finish or can't quite, you know. There was a few tracks that I I liked the the core loop of but couldn't do the full structure. I'm just like, OK, you know, Otto um, Yo, for example, um, you know, why don't you do the structure on this or something like that. So usually it's when you have a track that um, either you can't finish or you think the sound would, enhance, would be enhanced or lends itself really well to someone you know. So on the album, as I mentioned, Otto Yo had this kind of choppy uh, loop, which was the beginning of Extra and she couldn't quite finish it. And She was like, okay, you want to collab on this? And then we finished it and everybody loved it and then it went on to the the vinyl of course so nice yeah collabing allows you to improve and and kind of mix and blend things
0: together so it's very fun yeah that's awesome that's a great way to put it and m- maybe even being able to pick up the little intricate tips and tricks that uh each person has to them you know that's what makes artists different is the little things they do right so yeah it's um especially when you're trying to master a DAW. There's so many things that you may not be aware of that can make your life easier or improve your sound, like you said, so.
1: Mm-hmm. The, the main thing is that um, I feel like everyone in the scene has their own kind of unique, even if even if it's quite similar, they have their own unique production styles, as you said. So for myself, I try not to compress. A lot of Future Funk is very compressed, very kind of crunchy. I try to not overuse compression and to try and make as clean a mix as possible. Ah, uh, that's crazy! I never thought about
0: that, but I've felt it because now that you say that, I'm like that makes so much sense.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I've kind of had that note from a lot of people um, that my mixes are quite clean compared to most other future funks. So, um, that kind of makes my sound a little bit unique, as I said, but um. Conversely, Otto Yo, who, again, is a great buddy, great producer, um, her sound is a lot more compressed. So for extra, um, we made the track, we collaborated, but then she kind of, after I had mixed it and stuff, she turned up the compression. And with the the bass on it and the kind of sample choppiness, the compression works really well. So she kind of filled in the gaps in my production where it could have been better and kind of vice versa so uh yeah and everyone having their own sound you you, you learn from that especially the the art of chopping which is a big thing yeah. in the kind of french house um future funk i'm not as good at it as other people i've done some chops on my own tracks but for example on the the vinyl uh feeling like i had actually pretty much done that whole track i did the structure i did the drums i did the sample whatever and then Pop-Up basically came in and said, you know, with two huge meat cleavers and said, okay, I'm going to chop the hell out of this. And he just, <laughs> he he hung, drawn, quartered it and just sliced it into a million different tiny pieces. And it was amazing. Um, so yeah, he's he's yeah. really good at chopping as is uh, my friend Otto Yo. And, uh, and yeah. You know who I uh, really like lately as far as chopping goes is Flash. Oh yeah. Um,
0: and he he's like... 13 i think
1: right yeah for such a for such a young producer he has shown the greatest amount of talent from someone so young in the scene that i've ever seen super talented his mixing is super good um i think he's branched out and made made a lot of kind of chill hop hip-hop type stuff uh Mm -hmm. we had a collab on k hits um but yeah he's super talented and people should go check him out as well absolutely
0: He's great at offering support to people as well. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. So connect with him for sure if you uh, if you want to get some advice from a prolific producer who's probably going to be blowing up. Hopefully, over the next year, I'd love yeah. to see in a, a, a record. We from were
1: going to get him. Um, it was quite funny. We were going to get him at the live show or future live shows, but unfortunately, because obviously his clubs, he's underage, so we couldn't actually get him yeah. into play, which was. Um, Quite funny, but yeah. yeah, hopefully big things big things for him.
0: Yeah, you can't you can't get a letter from your parents to sign off on that. Yeah,
1: one. no consent form, unfortunately.
0: <laughs> yeah. Shout out to you, Flash, if you're listening. Yeah. Um and one thing you mentioned previously I wanted to touch on a little bit more was kind of the difference between Future Funk and the rest of Vaporwave in that a lot of it is on SoundCloud and a lot of it is singles, not records.
1: Yeah um i'm not quite sure i mean i guess people like to maybe make singles to test the waters of a response i know i did um take it to the top and corsage which was kind of an a b side single That's a great it's a great release take it to the top yeah that was i had a good response on that um but i kind of use that to test the water for that kind of query upbeat stuff and of course it's got a really good response mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think it's maybe just because especially since there's so many creators, I wouldn't say the scene is saturated, but to have any kind of a following or feel like there's activity, you have to kind of con consistently release singles. So if you're not as big an artist in the scene, um you maybe need to, as in like if you're making albums, it obviously takes you know a couple of months at minimum, if not. A couple of years to make an album so if kind of people are sitting waiting for that long they kind of lose interest whereas if you do a single every you know month or so people are more interested
0: that's a good point we have a crazy ADD these days yeah as a, as a society a digital
1: world people just kind of want to eat um, up the music as fast as possible and then move on to the next thing but um, yeah I've kind of moved from doing a lot of singles i used to do a lot of singles and i mean back in 2016 i made so much music but mm-hmm. now i'm kind of um throwing out a lot more than i used to um and focusing on either eps which is like k hits or uh full albums rather than i do do singles still occasionally but um more focus on quality over quantity
0: mm-hmm yeah, I think the future funk, like you were saying, people want to eat it up. So that's a great way of staying active, I guess, is just releasing one at a time. And it's just so happens that the future funk community uh, responds so well mm. to singles. So that's great.
1: Yeah, it's quite interesting because I was making, a, um, you know, one of those album charts where you have your, your favorite albums or releases or whatever. The tier and, list. Yeah. Uh, yeah well <laughs> not quite a tier list but kind of generally your favorite albums but yeah it was quite okay. interesting because um when i was making it i was struck that i wanted to put a lot of songs on but the releases were i couldn't put them on the chart because they're all singles they're not albums so i had to kind of omit a lot of stuff uh a lot of releases and a lot of artists because they were singles uh and i couldn't include them so mm. yeah uh you mentioned
0: chill hop a little bit there um and i know you actually make some chill hop too is that right
1: yeah so um i've always kind of been a fan of chill hop or kind of um hip-hop that's not in the vein of popular hip-hop um i.e kind of with rap on it true um instrumental hip-hop i guess um yeah so i i did start to make a couple of singles and eps i made a release called whether or not back in uh 2016 again which was kind of not great quality but it was my first intro to that um i really just like the relaxing sound of it um i brought th- the main release of that i brought that onto was dream plaza so not only with the vaporwave sounds that was kind of very chill hot lo-fi hip-hop mm-hmm. uh, kind of thing
0: that's great and you have a record um solo that I feel yeah. like is more on the vaporwave side than the future funk side.
1: Yeah, that was um, so. After I had done a lot of sampled projects, I wanted to go back and do something that was um, fully original, just with no samples and you know synths and vocals and stuff like that. Um, and again, also another shout out to Future Funk Monthly, who's like my guitarist. So he does all the the guitar parts on. Any songs oh nice um, that's awesome. I yeah. saw
0: you play guitar too though, don't you?
1: um I have a bass guitar. I use that to kind of lay down lines okay and, and some grooves and and use that um like in uh, I think it was bitwise angel I used the the bass guitar I have to lay down that line, but um yeah, yeah, he's a super good guitarist, and uh solo was an attempt at making something fully original um again I think i i it was a good attempt. Um, it got a good response from the people who listened, but again, the the amount of plays wasn't huge and the amount of response wasn't great. Um, so I've kind of let that on the back burner for a while, but my next project is actually something in a similar vein, so I feel like I'm kind of ready to do more original stuff. Sick. I'm working with uh, the Motion Epic um, who was on Business Casual before me, I think. So he's doing some vocals on uh, a new song, and which has uh, not only Andrew Future Funk monthly on guitar, but it's also got Mare on live bass. Um, and then he's doing Motion Epic's doing the vocals. So it's like a super collab. Um, and then the other side to that is I have a collab with Unibeat, um, who's been inactive for quite a while, but we did a fully original kind of, uh hip hop chill hop track um with uh again future funk monthly on guitar and we've also got a singer from London who's doing some vocals for that as well. So yeah.
0: That's a, that's really cool. I had I interviewed Future Funk Monthly and I had no idea he even played guitar, let alone was so good.
1: Yeah, he does he actually if you um, I'll maybe send you a list of all the songs he's on. Sure. But I think over the past year or two, he's racked up a credit on 20 or 30 different <laughs> songs. Um, I don't know if you've heard the song uh, Umami by TMYK yeah. and yeah. Alec. He did the guitar on that. Wow. So any any original non sampled stuff you hear on the scene, most likely he's on it.
0: <laughs> so That's I think. awesome, man. Yeah, I'll have to connect with him about that. And um, mm-hmm. so he, just to. Rewind a little bit. You mentioned you kind of explained chill hop and what it sounds like there. And I actually wonder if you were to try and explain, you know how there's lo-fi hip hop? Yeah. What's the defining difference between that and chill hop?
1: According Um, to you? Well they're kind of one and the same. I guess they're kind of interchangeable terms. Um I would say lo-fi is maybe more close to vaporwave. Sometimes there's uh, kind of, if you're thinking Blank Banshee, sometimes there's those Vaporwave songs, which are still Vaporwave, but they're very slow, and they're very kind of down-tempo, mm-hmm. um, with almost hip-hop beats, but not quite. There's still four on the floor, but they're sort of very slow, like 90 BPM. So that's kind of the bridge between lo-fi hip-hop and Vaporwave, whereas Chill Hop is using kind of... Chill Hop is more into maybe the jazz side of things. Mm. So in Chill Hop, you use, you know, uh, old jazz piano records and uh, saxophone solos and stuff like that. So again, they're kind of interchangeable terms, but I guess that's kind of the the boxes they fit into.
0: Yeah, I always thought of Chill Hop as its kind of own thing, more leaning toward like the almost dubstep. I guess maybe that'd be chill step. And there's so many. to <laughs> yeah. I can't keep up.
1: I mean, it's reaching for a lot of genres here, but um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, dubstep is kind of more obviously electronic and aggressive. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I feel like with vaporwave, it's and future funk, it's at its strongest when because obviously the kind of the purest view of future funk is you take an 80s Japanese sample, you speed it up, and then you put disco drums on it. That's kind of the the purest sure. formula of it but i feel like it's really at its strongest when you do something other than that so you yeah, have artists obviously like F.exe, which take that formula but they chop it to the nines and they add synths mm-hmm. and stuff like that so i i feel the genre is at its strongest when it's not just the '80s city pop sample formula. Yeah, for
0: sure. On the on w- while we're talking about EV.XI or EV.XE, whatever. Um, yeah. One thing that he said to me that I'll never forget was very striking, um, because I'm not necessarily an electronic music producer. I do more like progressive metal, um, mm-hmm. kind of rocky stuff, as you may have seen with my picture of me singing. <laughs> Um, yeah <laughs> but uh, yeah I, I love it and he made a point about I think he said aligning all the sounds to be within the same key before you start because that opens up a whole world of more of uh, choices basically mm-hmm. so yeah I'd like to see more of that kind of stuff um, and yeah like him and Fiber kind of veering away from the standard formula like you were saying and I, th- yeah. I think you're so, you're in that world too as well.
1: I, I would say slightly. I mean, obviously, I would I would say they're miles ahead of me in terms of their artistry. But um, yeah, the thing with, with changing um, everything to the same key is that um, again, kind of going back to the purest formula. The purest formula is you just get one song, you sample that one song, um, and you kind of use that for the entirety of your song. Whereas whereas that. Formula is using the sample as the song. ev.exe and fiber take uh, samples in the same key and use them as not the song itself, but sounds in the song, if you so. I mean, so you can take if everything's in the same key, you can take a bit from this song, a bit from that song, you know, this synth and this baseline and kind of combine them all together rather than following the old curious formula, which is you just take from one song.) Um, I'm still kind of more in the vein of, I take from, from one song, you take some pieces here and there, but yeah.
0: That's really interesting. It's kind of, I'm trying to think of a metaphor for it. It's kind of like a salad. And, you know, think about what ingredients you have. It's like, okay, I could take this tomato or whatever and cut it up and make it really interesting and look, look nice. Yeah. Um, Or I could have a whole salad and use a bunch of different ingredients. To make a whole new yeah. it's like recipe the
1: the, the purest yeah. formula is like i don't know eating an an apple and then the new is kind of a whole fruit salad with a different combination of you know melon and um grapefruit and every, everything in the same bowl mm-hmm. sort of yeah <laughs> that's
0: a great metaphor you heard it here first kids um and melon how do I pronounce Melanade? Because it has the accent, right? Okay. So.
1: so it's just melonade. I put the <laughs> acute accent on the E to make it look cool. That's the only reason it's there. Yeah, Well, it um, helps with the um, actually, SEO if stuff. If you were to actually pronounce it. Oh, sorry. Um, I was just going to say, if you're actually to pronounce it in French, the E should technically be like an A sign. So it should technically be melonade, which doesn't work. But yeah, it's only there for show.
0: Yeah, I never know what to say when I'm talking to people about you.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's the same with ev.exe, I guess. But yeah, yeah. I don't know, it's open to interpretation. <laughs> you can still find me if you search without the accent on the E. I think if you type in Melanade Music yeah. or Melanade Future Punk, I'm, I'm the top result. But um, mm. yeah, it also helps with that um, just to separate search results. Yeah,
0: <laughs> for sure. Earlier, I touched a little bit on the differences between your records and kind of the transformation you've taken with them along the way can you talk about any specific challenges that you remember um, when working on a record or obstacles you had to overcome
1: yeah I mean I guess if we're talking about the, the Melanade album there was a lot of um, so that the songs in that album cover from 2016 until 2018 so it's kind of a, a wide window of production okay, um, wow So I guess one of the challenges was Bitwise Angel, which was super difficult to get right, but I think I did get it right, and that's why people also like that track as well. So the original sample is Angel Face by Arabesque, if anyone was wondering. Um, You take the little... There's a bit in the intro which goes like... So what I did was I took that one bit and I bit crushed it, and I basically used that tiny bit as the whole song. So it was quite tough to mix in the bit crush and the phaser on the sample mm. with... Um, I really wanted a track that had that kind of big French bass line, so something like, you know, Vantage or Patrick Alavi or, uh, you know, the bass line from Voyager by Daft Punk, something like that. So... Uh, i had to find a good synth that fit with the sample i had to find the right baseline as i said and not only with you know i got the baseline on there but the track still felt kind of empty not quite so i had to do a lot of drum work on that and i also had to um so one thing i did was with the synth sample line which goes like i transposed that into FL or whatever with MIDI, I got the actual notes, mm-hmm. and then I put another synth of that layered behind it to kind of fill um, the gaps where the the bit crush sample didn't. Uh, it didn't have a very wide frequency range, so I had to fill that in. So it was a real production challenge, but I think I, I think I got it pretty pretty spot on. Okay,
0: yeah, I'm always I'm so interested in the like I said intricacies of people's production process is like where they get their samples from what they hunt for Mm -hmm. how they edit you know like using a DAW is it's an art it really is yeah
1: I think it's because I guess with any song there's a million different directions and styles and choices you can make um and the problem is it's all up to you if you had someone telling you just put this here and do that it would be super simple but um You can make any decision you want. So, as opposed to Bitwise Angel, which is kind of quite complex on the production side, something like "Take It to the Top," even though it's kind of my most the track I'm most proud of, it's got relatively simple production. So, Mm -hmm. the sample shout out to James, uh, you know, Cujo. He sends me a lot of samples that we we send samples back and forth. Um, So he found the sample for that. Um, But all you do for Take It to the Top is you, you take the sample, you loop it. You do, obviously, a lot of you know EQ and, and balancing with the sample. But then you just kind of put some really banging drums on it. Obviously, there's chops and other stuff in there. But the bass production of Take It to the Top is much more simple than than some other tracks on there, yeah. Mm, OK. Yeah, that's neat. And this, I was going to say the sample for Take It to the Top is um, from the Hitler rap, if anyone's wondering. <laughs> nice.
0: What would you say the most iconic Future Funk record is to you?
1: Um, Probably Hit Vibes is most iconic. Um, I'm not a huge fan of it personally. Oh yeah? Um, There's uh, other ones, I would say a a landmark release was... um, See, I'm going to forget the name of it now. Ironically, it was Moe Shop's first EP, which was Um, Pure Pure, yes um that was you know a a huge iconic landmark release because it um not only solidified his sound but solidified the whole i guess subgenre of future funk if you want to call it which is um anime grooves Mm -hmm. um so that solidified that whole kind of um upbeat section of future funk which is closer to future bass um yeah um as for iconic i don't know Um, my favorite, my favorite future funk, uh, album, I guess would have to be, uh, please kill me by, uh, kill me baby. As I said, a lot of the releases that I do love, even though I love them, they're still singles. So Mm
2: -hmm.
1: if we are talking about albums, I feel like please kill me is super good. If you haven't heard it, go listen to it. Um, he did a great job with meshing samples from all over the place. Uh, kill me baby has, he's a producer from Ireland um across the water but he has a super unique sound um that i've not heard from anyone else he kind of pitches it up even further he does a lot of hip-hop elements and his style is just is just really good i own the the cassette from neo motel it's on my shelf but um nice. yeah that's a super good album if anyone wants to listen to that mm-hmm. yeah i have it
0: too my where is it it's around here somewhere And uh, the artwork on that is very distinguished.
1: Yeah. um, What I liked about um, Kill Me Baby, what I like is he doesn't take himself too seriously. What's quite interesting is he, I spoke to him about the album. He himself doesn't actually think it's very good. (laughs) Um, He uh, kind of downplays his skill a lot of the time, says he's not a very good producer, all of that. Mm kind of stuff. But um, I don't know. I love it. That's just my opinion. Screw you if you don't like my opinion. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, don't, definitely check out that release if you haven't heard it. Um, so jumping forward a little bit, your Keep It Up, where did you get the picture for that? Because it doesn't match any of your other aesthetic, but I I love that picture. Um.
1: Yeah, so that's actually it's because it was uploaded on uh, Cujo's SoundCloud. Oh, um so he has kind of slightly different aesthetic, but um, the picture is from the original video for the sample, uh, which is I have it here as I remember. Where is it? That's neat. Uh It's called the Study Song by Chisato Moritaka, pronunciation. Cool. Um, but yeah, it's from that. The sample is um, he found a great sample, and he's a great producer as well. So that was a very fun collab. Nice.
0: Yeah, I just love that old like. Polaroid look. Mhm.
1: The music video is very uh late 80s early 90s, so check it out if you if you love the aesthetic. Mhm. Oh yeah,
0: I'll check it out for sure. And you have a track on a a record that's kind of a compilation, I guess, under Jukebox Records. The track yeah, was so, United Winter Heat?
1: Yeah, that's kind of a side thing. Um So Jukebox Records is run by... Sorry, the the track um,
0: was was Take It to the Top. The record was United Winter Heat.
1: Ah, yeah, sorry. Um, Yeah, so the Jukebox Records is kind of a side thing. Um, It's run by André Sembach uh, from Germany. Again, I might be pronouncing that wrong, so apologies. (laughs) Um, But he's uh, kind of old-school DJ. Uh, He he, uh, does a lot of stuff in the europe disco house scene so that's kind of more on the classic house where tracks are 6 yeah. or 7 minutes long you know kind of more club mixed so they have a, a full intro of a minute of drums mm-hmm. or whatever so i really love disco house as well he does great work with amateur disco house stuff um but i've just known him for a long time and uh i i used to back when i used to make kind of more french house disco house type stuff um i used to kind of put a track uh, forward every year or um, a couple every year for his compilations. So if you really like Disco House, uh, the Jukebox Jukebox Records uh, Disco House compilations um, are a super good uh, amateur kind of compilation from Germany. Mm -hmm. You should definitely check
0: it. You've had some people remix your music as well. How does that... How exactly does that happen? Do they approach you and say, hey, I love this song. I'd love to turn it into something of my own or...
1: Yeah, well, usually they approach me. Um, I had DiscoHolic do a remix of Take It to the Top, Andy, um, which was super good. I think that's on on SoundCloud. It might be on streaming services. I think we had an issue with getting it up on streaming services. Mm. But yeah, that was a super good remix. Um, For the other ones like The Mayor and ob99 remixes that are on the vinyl and the deluxe uh versions of Melonade. i actually kind of approach them so when i have an album that needs not filling out but it needs you know some some bonus tracks for the vinyl or whichever i kind of scout around i see which artists will lend a good sound to the remix and yeah so i approach them for the the remixes on the vinyl
0: mm-hmm. it always interests me people remixing other people's stuff because like this is remix culture. Mm -hmm. So to have remixers, remix, remixers
1: stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's awesome. I guess it's kind of, I'm, I'm remixers. Yeah. So you have kind of a remix chain, um, remixing other people's tracks is fun. I don't do it too often. Um, I did do back in the day, a remix of Moe Shops, Love Taste for the competition. I did, get a lot of positive response on that. Unfortunately, it didn't win. Oh, okay. uh, can
0: I find that anywhere? But, um,
1: yeah, it's on my SoundCloud. Okay. Um, if you go all the way back on my tracks, you'll find it. But uh, yeah, it's quite funny because I got Tsundere uh, Alley uh, Alley. Sorry, um, on it saying, this better win, yeah. and it didn't win. But, um, yeah, whichever. That was fun regardless. and uh, Yeah, remixes are always fun.
0: Mm-hmm. So I want to know if you were to say what the most important aspects of your life are what what you care about most in life what would that be
1: um i'd probably say just music really (laughs) um i've ever since 2015 i put a lot of work into it Mm -hmm. um one of my kind of high I, i mainly had two goals when i started which was um i didn't have any goals of like being famous or whatever i i'm not particularly interested in that um my two goals, as I remember when I started, were to have a vinyl and to perform at a live show. So um, this year was quite big for me because obviously I had the vinyl. So I was um, super excited for that. And obviously we have the, the show coming up in July. Um, again, hopefully people come to it. But um, yeah, those are the goals that I, that I had in um yeah, music's super important. Mm-hmm. So, yeah.
0: Well, good for you. What, you got any new goals now?
1: <laughs> um, I guess I'm hoping to since starting, obviously I came into the community. Um, I'd really love to see kind of, the the overall dream is just to see like um Fun Tonight by Macross at 8299 on like I don't know. I, don't, I hesitate to say Jimmy Kimmel, but <laughs> like <laughs> some some mainstream show or yeah. something. You know, I just wake up in the morning and turn on BBC Radio, and they have the chart show. It's like, at number one. <laughs> it's the brand new genre that nobody knew about, future funk, and it just takes the world yeah. by storm. And you know, Fiber becomes like a superstar, and he's on—I don't know—I get he's on the Jimmy Kimmel Show or something. <laughs> I don't know. F um, dot is on the Ellen Show, something like that. I don't know. Um, but I'd love to see the community and and everyone kind of uh grow. Even if it's even if it's not my music, it's it's kind of the idea of future funk as a whole, I'd love to see it grow and become maybe not mainstream, but um certainly reach a a wider audience. Yeah. And as as I said, I'd I'd love to do more more live shows. So hopefully from the again, if the show in July goes well, we can springboard off of that and do some uh some more shows in the UK. I'm looking at um going to Doing some shows in America, there's possibility of basically essential two, um, with me, Otteo, and Future Funk Monthly, but that's in the planning. So hopefully, I can do more mm-hmm. shows.
0: That's great. We have a section on the magazine for fiction where people write stories, vaporwave stories, fictional ones. So if you're listening to this and you're a writer, Melanade or um, just gave me a great idea for a fiction piece that would be a story about the moment a world this you know um what's the word uh the universe that's like kind of adjacent to ours but different there's a word for that parallel yeah parallel (laughs) thank you um where future funk takes the world by storm and everyone finds out about it at the same time and what happens to the artists and stuff that could be kind of neat and Alternative
1: timeline for the Infinity Stones. It's uh, future (laughs) (laughs) funk becomes huge. (laughs) That would be good. Yeah,
0: that'd that'd be awesome. Well, I'll mention it. That's a great idea. I'll mention it in the channel and we'll see if anyone grabs onto it.
1: Yeah, for sure. That'd be great.
0: And going back to your life again, sorry to uh, keep going on tangents, but I want to know if there's anything you think happened in your childhood or anything you experienced like you mentioned going to see Tron Mm -hmm. maybe some things happened before that while you were younger that kind of influence who you are now and and the music you make
1: yeah well um i don't know as i said i i listened to music when i was young but i didn't really kind of obviously when you're young you don't go on youtube i guess and um google the music but interestingly thinking back when i was younger I'm in the, the 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 little bracket of when I was a kid, stuff like Twitter and Facebook and YouTube were, they did exist, but they were still virtually unknown. So there was no, mm-hmm. you know, there was no Discord. There was no, you know, Future Funk on YouTube. There was no Vaporwave on Twitter or whatever. You know, the best thing we had was like MySpace or whatever. So yeah. um, none of that really existed. Um, so yeah, I know my parents played a lot of, um 80s and 70s and 80s music when i was young so Tavares, shade uh, queen those kind of things michael jackson um i used to play uh i used to be in a local rugby team i played until i kind of finished high school um so there was always kind of long drives to get to uh some i remember there was one time we were going to some godforsaken hill in the middle of scotland where it was snowing we had to play rugby for 80 minutes or whatever but um yeah. on the long drives we would i think it was smooth radio or of other radio stations that always played uh you know uh the temptations and hot chocolate and stuff like that so yeah that's um i guess kind of where the the musical background came from
0: yeah it's always interesting to see what you know people's parents play and how it impacts their interests and stuff like that sometimes more more so than others but and i saw a picture a while back of your home studio i think it was pretty early on that you posted this picture Mm -hmm. um i think you had your bass guitar in it yeah how come you don't post more of those not that it's a requirement Uh, yeah of course well people um, like me love it
1: as i remember the picture i posted that was actually in my first year of university um So that's uh, when I was on kind of the eighth floor of uh, the terror block in my university campus. So um, I posted that. I don't really post anymore because um, it doesn't really look much different. I have moved into my own flat, but I have mostly the same equipment. The room's a bit bigger, obviously. Um, But yeah, as I said, I don't really have too much equipment per se. Uh, I do have some CDJs, which I use to... um, practice DJing obviously for the for the show I've been doing that for um, I also use them to do kind of house parties for friends and acquaintances over the over the course so yeah I just don't have that much equipment um, and I've kind of shown all of it in that picture I guess oh true
0: yeah like I was saying Dennis from Geometric Lullaby he posts that stuff and I talked about it on a previous episode but I really love that stuff just getting to see the human face of what goes on mm-hmm. with these people. I
1: mean, I guess, obviously, because it's an internet-based genre, um, I'm still to meet up with people, hopefully. Again, the show in July is a good time, but it must have been super cool for you to meet, you know, Mayor and all the people at Essential and put faces to name sort of thing.
0: Yeah, oh boy, was it ever. Mm-mm. If you had to pick someone, who would be your dream collaboration? what would be your dream collaboration
1: um dream collaboration i mean it would have to be one of my favorite artists i think so possibly someone like sim grutina or the phantom's revenge or fred folk probably yeah one of those or um maybe duck sauce as well possibly uh yeah i'm
0: i'm so out of the loop i haven't heard of any of those any of them
1: really okay so um, Duck Sauce made, uh, you know, the song that goes ooh, 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 Barbara Streisand." They made um, oh yeah, they made that old song. song yeah, and um, that's on their album "Quack," which is one of my favorite albums of all time. So definitely go listen to that. Um, mm. Fred Folk did uh, some work with um, Alan. I think it's Alan Brax. It's pronounced or Alan Brakes. Um, he did uh, intro. Which is the kind of a really big French touch French house anthem. Uh, he also worked with Thomas Bangalter on some stuff. Uh, so Sim Sim Grittini, you probably won't know is um, he's an internet musician um, who uh, has done some disco house and French house stuff. He also does electro swing under uh, Peggy Suave alias. But he's just super talented. And people should go check him out. And then Phantom's Revenge is also kind of in the Future Funk scene, but his style is very unique. His is closer to more classic French house, classic house um, type stuff. Yeah. Just to give a summary of <clears throat> uh, if people haven't heard of those.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll have to compile a list or something when I'm editing this, or maybe you can send me one. Yeah. And that's what you just touched on. It's kind of interesting to me how the Future Funk community... If you're, if you say yes, I'm a member of this community. I participate. You kind of fall under a bit of a label mm-hmm. in a way, and yeah. then we see artists. and I've talked about this before too, kind of branching away from future funk, um, maybe because they want to find a new like sound for themselves or something, mm-hmm. and. You just mentioned a whole whack of artists that I don't know if they're in the Future Funk scene or not, even though they have Future Funk music. Yeah,
1: I'd say... Um, who did I mention? I'd say The Phantom's Revenge is kind of related because he was on Keats Collective. Um, okay. Sim Gratina, Duck Sauce, and Fred Falker definitely not in the Future Funk community. Um, you could say some of Sim Gratina's, um stuff he makes under the Friends Who alias was Future Funk. But I think... For for the for kind of the term future funk, I think people need to start thinking of it in two different ways. So there's yeah. the first definition of it, which is the genre, which is I guess if you take the purious view again, it's the '80s Japanese sample with the drums over it. But I think people maybe need to start using it as not as a term for the genre, but more of a community of artists than a genre. Yeah. So. Between, I don't know, Ev.exe, me, Fiber you know, Barb Walters, uh Otto Yo, Mare, our styles are so different, but we all fall under Future Funk because it's more of a community than a genre kind of thing. Mm, um, that's nice. That's just maybe another way of looking at it.
0: But yeah. I like that. It's, it's very inclusive. Yeah. <laughs> and it leaves room for people that want to or,
1: you know, or not stay right yeah i mean i think a big thing of the community is if people there's i see a lot of posts of people you know i've downloaded a doll i want to make some stuff you know can i can i get a hand with this i think even if they don't want to make future funk if they want to make you know more classic house or hip-hop stuff everyone in the community is super supportive of teaching new artists the ropes teaching them techniques to make this, make that, and generally just help out people who want to make music. Um, It was such a refreshing starting point for me because obviously if you, I guess it was kind of lesser back in the day, but um, now if you go onto the internet and search, you know, how do I make music with FL Studio? There's six million and one different clickbait videos on, you know, make your beats as good as dr dre or whatever yeah (laughs) you know or um this these 10 weird ableton tricks will shock you or whatever you know it's so hard to find just good simple production techniques in in the internet but i feel like the future Funk community is good because there's so many artists who are committed to curating good skills to people even though their production styles are so different they're just so helpful and supportive.
0: Mm -hmm. That's a good point. I think it's important and we're seeing other people make this decision as well to find your own sound and maybe getting advice from people is better than watching someone's video and doing exactly what they do. Like I remember Frank Javsi had some incredible tutorials for future funk on YouTube, but he took them
1: down. Yeah. I think those were more kind of a parody, um, type thing even though the songs were still kind of good quality ironically but um but yeah
0: people were able to learn from those videos very well and it was very intricate and detailed. yeah compared to some of the ones you see now which are just not as helpful
1: yeah i mean it kind of i think people finding their own sound is very important um because as you said, you can go on to YouTube and Google, you know, how to make EDM, and then you can just follow the formula. You know, there's just an EDM formula. You just four in the floor beat. You get your lead synth, and you just follow the formula. But to really, to me, that's not really making music. You have to really just do something out there and and unique if you really want to be an artist. Um, kind of getting too deep here and like (laughs) philosophical, but... um, No, well, my next
0: question is, do you have any advice? So we could bridge into that if you want. Yeah,
1: well, first, I guess on that note, if you are listening to this and you want to make some music, message me on Discord, you know, my emails on SoundCloud, hit me up, hit, you know, send message to Mare or other producers in the scene, or, you know, people will send you my way, because we are here to help and... Get you producing in 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 the the fun thing of making music because obviously when you start mm-hmm. it's quite overwhelming. So if you want to hit me up, we can um, give you tips. There's a good tutorial series by Ed Electric Dreams on YouTube, which is really good mm-hmm, at starting mm-hmm. out. Um, again, if you're just starting out with the software, there's a bunch of tutorials online for learning kind of the software and stuff. Um, but yeah, I think it, for anyone who's maybe you know a bit more advanced and they can make stuff they want to find a sound i think my advice would be is to throw a lot of music out into the trash can um hmm. for there's a lot of songs i have folders upon folders of projects and finished songs which haven't been released because they were just they weren't experiments but they were just learning experiences and yeah, I feel like if you release everything you make, it doesn't lend to a specific sound. What you want to do is you want to make as much garbage as possible to learn as much as possible, and just, then just throw it all out and then do some more. So you just you mm-hmm. just keep on crumpling up your paper and throwing it into the the waste paper bin until you find your one sheet of paper that you think yes, this is you know what my style is this is what i want to make and on that piece of paper it has to have one thing that says this is why i am unique this is how i am different from everyone else i don't know if personally i have that you know you can say that at your own discretion but i would say that um if you release music you have to have something that is unique and you have to be proud of what you release um yeah that's my advice, I guess. Oh,
0: that's amazing. Like I kinda wanna ask you to say that again because it was so <laughs>
1: motivational yes. speech, put some like hands in or music over the back of it or something. Yeah, and the metaphor
0: <laughs> you use with the the paper, like think about it. Well, not you because it's your metaphor, yeah. you know, but to the listeners, like you we've seen films, I'm sure, many, where we see writers trying to write something, they crumple it up and they throw it in the bin behind them and it misses the garbage can, there's a big pile on the floor.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um so writers are like required to do that in order to have good work.
1: Yeah. So I guess another message I would say is um if if anyone really kind of wants to make music and actually wants to, you know, get to any kind of level with it and, and to, again with my own artistic level that's in open to your opinion, but if you really want to get somewhere it takes time and it takes effort. If you know you're sitting there and you don't wanna um, put the effort in. You're not really gonna get anywhere. I would say, um, for me, it's taken me like a, the best part of five years to even get to this level. And even at this level, I'm like, I'm not that great. I'm kind of okay at production, and I feel like you know, I, I feel like I can make what I want to make, and that's fine for anyone personally. But if you really want to get somewhere, um, you're gonna fail a lot, and you're gonna make a lot of garbage tracks. Um, you know, if you go and look back at my folders for 2014, 2015, it's full of shit. <laughs> like, um, <laughs> so don't be kind of ashamed that you made a track and it's rubbish. Just kind of say, okay, well, what can I improve on? Throw it out and then do it all again, and just do that for four years, and then you'll you'll get there. But yeah, it just, it does take a lot of failing at it to get good, uh, as is with anything, mm-hmm. I guess.
0: And to have your signature beyond that one sheet of paper mm-hmm. at the end of it you
1: know yeah for me that yeah, was yeah. kind of the i was actually really close to quitting in 2016 i think was my first it was the first or second year of uni i was super super close to quitting because i um felt like i couldn't find any kind of unique thing or niche or i just felt like i couldn't make what i wanted to make um but shout out to you know future funk monthly and the Mayor and all the people who kind of kept me going um and it was also the idea of kind of my name being on on the record sleeve when the vinyl kind of finally came. if that's not someone else's goal, that's fine you know you have everyone has their personal goals or whatever but um yeah, it was kind of that that kept me going and uh just making stuff the The important thing, I think, is just to just co just constantly make stuff even if you don't finish a track, you know open your door, make something, practice like a few hours a week um because it's, it's worth it.
0: Mm-hmm. That's great. And practice, like if you want to learn a, an instrument like guitar, same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think people forget that sometimes. Not always, but there is a sense of, of like that fear of missing out,
1: you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think there's that as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, this has been a, a, an excellent and lovely conversation, my friend. Yeah, sure. It's a lot of fun and thanks for joining me.
1: Yeah, no, it was great. Um, It was good to kind of talk over stuff again if you have any other questions you can you can go ahead but i think we, co- we covered a lot so
0: yeah it's been about an hour and a half now i do have one more question just if you have anything you can kind of tease in the future that existing fans can be excited for i know you just released a record yeah. so
1: so um just another update as of, th- of the time of this uh interview going out um there i AE2 posted on Twitter and stuff. There's been a slight delay to the Melanade vinyls. Um, The test pressing has just been done. Um, That's going to be okayed, and the records should be pressed by next week, and then they should be shipping out then as well. So just apologies for the delay, Um, but they will definitely be getting to everyone. Um, In terms of future stuff, again, I I mentioned I'm working with uh, Unibeat on the collab. I'm working with the Motion Epic on and mayor and future funk monthly on that um track it's going to be all original stuff i'm aiming for it to be on Correspect records probably um failing that maybe business casual or something similar um and then after that i'm going to focus on uh live shows if that doesn't work out um i'll be more focused on kind of music um yeah so i'll be doing kind of an ep of fully original stuff and then after that if that goes well i will hopefully do a return to future funk early next year hopefully nice
0: yeah no, i think you should like the live live vaporwave and live future funk is such an amazing thing like i got to see the essential show in toronto it was so good and i wish i was able to go to the future of funk one with uh Aridus and young bay and frank jeff c and Night tempo, I think. Yeah. Um. So don't give up on that. <laughs> like yeah. We need, if people don't show up, you know, it could just be the time of year. It's getting warm. People want to do their own thing now.
1: Yeah. We Go we out. did try to organize it when everyone was um free. Obviously, we needed a time when all the artists were free.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: Organize it in the summer when you know people don't have exams, um, mm-hmm. or work or other stuff. Um. Yeah. But yeah, there's big things happening. In the scene, if you want to kind of help the scene, you know, future funk and vaporwave needs you. Po- points at listener, share yeah. it with your friends, send it to your local record stations, and kick up a fuss about why everyone's not playing it, and and do it so that we get future funk and vaporwave in the on the Jimmy Kimmel Show or something. Yeah, yeah, man, it's it's
0: such good music, and like I made a post on the Vaporwave Cassette Club recently about how I just love this community so much, and it's something that we all share and love together that next to nobody in the world knows. Mm-hmm. So we all have a job to do. Spread the word. Yeah,
1: spread the word. <laughs> Contact If anyone has Ellen DeGeneres' phone number, phone Ellen and get, like, fiber <laughs> on The Ellen Show. That would be great. Thank you.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, that's why we have this podcast and the magazine and... Well, perfect just gotta tell a friend yeah at a minimum <laughs> all right my friend well thanks so much once again is there uh anywhere people can follow you if you have a twitter instagram things like yeah,
1: that. yeah i'm i'm pretty much everywhere i have a twitter um i do have a facebook page it's not used as much um but my music is on spotify itunes soundcloud uh there's a couple on youtube as well um but that's kind of with the distribution but yeah I'm kind of everywhere um, there's more stuff coming from me and as usual there's more stuff coming from everyone in the community there's some big live shows this summer so make sure you get on down and support the artists and um, make live shows of success because um, everyone's working really hard to put stuff into the community so hopefully we can uh, make it a reality
0: yeah for sure and just the energy that happens within the walls of the venue like it's you can't you can't replicate it you have to be there yeah you have to be there mm-hmm. so hopefully we, we see some of you and uh you thank you so much it was an absolute pleasure yeah it was great thanks have a great rest of your day we will do we'll uh we'll talk to you again soon i'm sure
1: cool thanks all the best
0: hello again and thanks as always for tuning in we really appreciate you And if you like the episode with Melonade, you can definitely check him out on Twitter and check out some of his music on Bandcamp. We're going to play some of it now for you. One song called Take It to the Top and another song called Extra. So stay tuned for those. But I quickly want to mention, if you like physicals and if you didn't know, you can actually get a physical copy of Private Suite magazine. So you can check out the Patreon for more information on that. Check us out on Twitter if you're not following us. We also have Instagram and YouTube, which we're trying to get more active with. We'll be posting some YouTube videos quite soon. And a big thank you once again to Melanade or Ewan. It was really fun having you on the show. Okay, here's some music. First song is Take It To The Top. Take care and we'll see you next time.